uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. I was lucky enough to be invited to attend Open Talk 18, which is TalkDesk's annual user conference. The whole premise of the event is to inspire innovation when it comes to creating great customer service experiences. The opening keynote on day one was presented by Nicole Paradise. Nicole is one of the seven influential women in customer success you should be following head of audience experience at TEDx San Francisco and a global explorer traveling the world eulogizing about customers and how best to serve them. It was a huge pleasure for Nicole to join me in this episode of Out Loud as I wanted to talk to her about the main messages from her keynote speech. Have a listen. So here we are, Open Talk 18. I'm with Nicole Paradox. You did the opening keynote this morning. First of all, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast with me. Are you, are you having a good day, first of all? Yeah, I'm having an awesome day. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. No, my pleasure to have you on. I wondered if it was possible to get a little synopsis. I realize it's very difficult when you do a 20, 30-minute opening keynote and I say, can you give me a synopsis of that in, in a minute or two minutes? But what was, the, what was the main message or main focus for the keynote this morning? Yeah, my message focused on why I think that driving employee experience is a financial lever for customer experience. And that, the, the highlight around that is is we're, we're so good at listening to customers, understanding what they think, uh, but we have about a thousand X investment gap between what we spend on understanding customer behavior and what we spend on understanding employee behavior, employee behavior being the thousand X deficit. And so I wanted to explore that. And the more we explored it, the more we realized that it's actually not just about the financial aspects that help certain companies compete and win and certain companies compete and lose consistently. It's really about the level of engagement that the employee has that has very little to do with just bean bags and ping pong tables and beer parties. It's really about the environment uh, that the employees work in that makes a company so successful and allows them to thrive and compete and win against other environments that might be spending a ton of money but just aren't really interested in a great employee experience. Yeah, because I mean, I would have made the, the same basic assumption, which is if you throw lots of money at something, whether that be company culture or whatever that might be, it would improve morale and therefore improves customer service. But what you were talking about explains that it, it really doesn't. There's a lot more to that. And I know you were focusing on, on the leadership uh, and the internal environment. And I know from my personal experience, leadership is an absolutely massive factor in how well you perform. Yeah, because I, th I think that those are platitudes that are really easy to say, and that's why I wanted to spend some time actually breaking down why that's true. It's one thing to say, go be an awesome leader. It's another thing to say, leader means lead. So here are a couple steps where you can actually give a damn about how well your employees feel and how they perform and, and how they add value to your customers. And you can measure that in the same way that we give a damn about our customers and how our products lend value to them. And we can measure all of that. So it was really this call to action around how, how, we, how we can keep the talent that we have and actually develop that and help people be more successful when they come to work. And we broke out a few steps of how to be successful and then how that impacts their engagement 
and then that engagement means they want to stay around longer and they stay around longer, which means the company is more stable. And when the company is more stable, it's able to have growth and profitability. Those are all throughputs that customers want. So when you want customer loyalty, you have to start with the very people that are serving your customer. That's your IT, that's your frontline people, that's your marketing. And so those were some of the concepts that, that we explored this morning. There is a, an absolutely direct correlation, isn't there, between, and I know one of the statistics that you came out with this morning was that eight of the ten people in the audience will be looking for another job, and there is a direct correlation, isn't there, between how happy you are in your position and how that reflects potentially to any customers you're speaking to and, and in your service provision, regardless of your role, whether it's sales or frontline customer service. Right. There's a, there's a statistic from the Deloitte Shift Index that says that eight in ten people want a new job. And my call to action in the room was eight in ten of you probably do and eight in ten of your team. And I said that while that statistic is, is sobering, it's also kind of encouraging. And the reason why it's encouraging is because it means that we today can start focusing on the things that we want and having productive behaviors of what we do want rather than focusing ourselves and our teams on what we don't want. Go get a new job, cool, but while you are where you are, if you can find your own way to be happy, and that comes with your own accountability to communicate with your manager what you need, whatever it is that you specifically need step one speak up you have to find a way to say that and then step two when you find your own happiness it's just good for business because in general more engaged employees have a 21 percent higher productivity than non-engaged employees and while that can sound a little hippy dippy just in these sound bites we got into the statistics of why that's true and how people can go action on it uh, because in the absence of really caring about the people that work at a building, we're just going to scream all day about some war on talent that I don't think exists. And obviously we're here at Open Talk, which is an event run by TalkDesk, cloud contact centre provider, and you were talking about some of your history in, in the contact centre back in the 90s, and, and there's always been a recognition that staff turnover and staff happiness in call centres is low compared to probably other industries. To, to really improve the service provision, the two need to be looked at in tandem, don't they? The, the happiness of a call centre worker and then the service that they're going to provide someone. That's right. I, I was sharing a story about how uh, I, I was a call centre worker and then we, we were the one-stop shop, right? So whether it's net new sales or whether it's service, but my job was to sell and service a VHS tape called Stranger Danger. And it was this terrifying video about... Uh, an alien named Corny who comes to Earth and all of his affluent neighbors are trying to abduct him. It's just absurd. And you can imagine that it would seem like a pretty m miserable call center job. But I was happy and I was productive. And even though I was young and broke like a lot of folks, part of why I was happy and engaged and helped make the company money and helped sell more was because stripped away from any funding, we didn't have employee engagement programs, we didn't have money for anything, we had a certain span of control, like you think about in modern organizations, right? Modern organizations shouldn't have more than 11 direct reports, for example. So in modern-day call centers, what I hear a lot are, are leaders saying, yeah, well, I have 172 direct reports, Nicole. How am I supposed to go have meaningful one-on-ones? And I'm saying leaders lead, so go figure out how to have even a team leader. Have, have enough of a flat organization to where the way that you're asking your call center workers to treat their customers, which is know my history, 
listen to me and get first call resolution, do the same damn thing with your employees. I'm not saying have a ratio of 11 VPs for every one direct call center worker, but I'm also not suggesting that we get to hide behind the complexity of our business. That's silly. If you're going to lead, lead and find a way to communicate what you need, how you quantify the value, and really putting employees at the center. And that, as we talked about earlier, that is what leads to company stability, which increases shareholder value, it increases customer retention, and it increases employee retention. One thing I really wanted to get your opinion on as a a customer success influencer, global customer success influencer. Thank you. (laughs) I try flattery as much as possible. It just sounds so large, but thank you. Was it seems strange to me that I, I came into this particular position, I mean, about 12 months ago, and there seemed to be a real sort of buzz or trend around customer experience and customer success and customer journeys. And I started to think to myself, is, is this something that industry is only just realizing is important? Why, why is there so much talk about it now? Has the, has the importance increased? Is the, has the recognition of this importance increased within industry? I think it's a brilliant question, actually, and I, I think it's twofold. Why, thank you. <laughs> We're flattering each other. So I think it's twofold. One, sure, it's always, it's always been around, but I think why there are so many conferences and so many people talking about it is whether back in the day I was running a customer service center or if I was running customer experience, I think the main difference right now is there is such a set of competitive threats because all industries are global now. Whereas before, what are you going to do back in the day? Look in the yellow pages to find a competitor? Everything, everything is digital now. All experiences are digital. And the way to say whether you like or don't like a company is also digital. So in the space of a tweet you can tell the entire world what you think. And so while it sounds a a little self-serving of companies, I think why they care more about putting the customer at the center is because the forces of market competition are saying, you you don't just sign a five-year contract and stay with me because I'm going to keep all your data stuck on a mainframe somewhere. Like, everything's in the cloud. You provision it on, you provision it off, and customers can leave whenever they want, whether it's B2C or B2B. And so while I think it's great that the customer is becoming the center of the story, I think the impetus for that is because customers have so many more choices. And so I think there's a a high volume of conferences and chatter around CX because people are used to questioning why customers might leave, but they're not used to having large conferences around why customers would stay. And I I think it's an exciting movement that we're being proactive and positive about how to keep customers and not just conferences around either how to lock them in with complicated uh, contracts or making it so difficult for people to leave. So I'm actually optimistic about all the chatter because it means we actually want to deliver value and and have people stay around for all the right reasons. Well, you've absolutely preempted with my next question, which was, was going to be if we agree that there is some sort of heightened importance or heightened recognition of the importance of customer experience, is, is that driven out of a a climate of fear of disruption because we hear the the constant examples you hear are Airbnb or Uber who've come along using new technology platforms and managed to completely disrupt uh, a traditional historic industry by using technology to service customers in a completely new way. So 
are the company the other companies the the more the more legacy the more established companies only trying to transform customer experience or customers their own customer services because they're scared of the threat of a potential equivalent uber or an airbnb well i hope not i mean i i couldn't speak for all of the 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 venerable companies or the startups but what i would say is sure some companies operate out of fear that say i'm a blue chip company i've been around for a long time and i'd like to be around for a lot longer that said the data suggests that while the motivation for all companies whether you started yesterday or started 100 and some years ago is you need to keep revenue in house i get that there's a certain level of of fear but the data would suggest that moreover because of the digital connection globally right people can people can research how companies are to work for to engage with i'd like to think the companies just want to be a little bit more proactive and instead of having such discussions about how do we do the same thing every day for the next 20 years it's how do we actually lend new value to customers and that's not altruistic we want to gain more wallet share that's why people do it but to your question a bit of an optimist so i'm hoping that it's not just paranoia and fear of why people are giving a damn about their customers i'm optimistic that because we want to whoever we these companies are want to grow wallet share we're just trying to have a better experience and deliver more value so even if the bottom line is make money cool every every company is there to make money and just hopefully the motivations are giving people a great experience instead of just hoping they don't leave let's be optimistic together i'm always a pessimistic journalist but you've you've put a bit of the optimism into me just just before we finish what what's next on the calendar for you where where are you speaking next i know you're incredibly busy what what's up next well thank you for asking yeah, a, a couple cool things so along with a lot of these speaking engagements i run audience experience for tedx here in san francisco um and i have the privilege of of going to ted women so it's the big ted the things you see on uh, online all those videos there's a a massive ted women's conference in a few weeks in palm springs so while i'm not speaking i have the privilege of even being invited to attend so i'm really looking forward to just spending a week among thousands of women that that are inspiring and and are really looking to donate their time and their talents to make this world a little better and while that sounds hippy dippy it's it's just biology right when people feel safe and people feel like they're thriving they're going to perform better um and i'm just super excited to be around a bunch of innovative women a few weeks and and serve where i can and and learn where i can Well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and having a chat with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Massive thanks to Nicole for coming onto the podcast with me and also a big thanks to Talkdesk for allowing me to steal their keynote speaker for an interview during Open Talk. If you want to know more about Nicole or her customer service adventures, you can find her on Twitter at Nicole Paradise. That's with two Ls or on her website which is nicoleparadise.com. You can also find loads more information about CX on our website. So if you head to uctoday.com and search for CX, you can have a look at solutions provided by companies around the globe aimed at improving service to customers. For today's episode though, that is it. Thanks so much for listening.